What motivates you? What fills you with enlivening emotions, thoughts, and ideas? What encourages you and even emboldens you, influencing you in a way that animates or intensifies your own work? In other words, what inspires you? Well, stay tuned. Because in this episode, number 2139, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be doing a deep dive into some of the things that have, and still do, inspire them. When they answer the commonly asked question, what inspires the CG Bros? On the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. As always, thanks for joining us. In this episode... Sean and I are going to answer a question submitted by Tristan B. of Vancouver, British Columbia on our Ask Us Anything page at our website, thecgbros.com. Tristan is asking us, uh, what inspires the CG Bros? Thanks, Tristan, for your question. By the end of today's podcast, you'll learn what inspires the CG Bros, from games and movies to people and things, and we'll discuss our personal thoughts and some professional insights and, uh, on what it is, it is that makes us get up every day uh, and do what we do. Uh, so also make sure you stay to the end of the podcast, uh, where you'll be, where Sean and I will be sharing some of the comments we've received on past podcasts by viewers just like you. I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston. And together we are the CG Bros. So no matter what you're doing or what you're creating, uh, I don't know anyone that doesn't need something to inspire them to action, right? That's right. What inspires you, Sean? You know what? My inspiration, I think, in my life starts with monkeys. What do you think? Millions of monkeys, <laughs> monkeys. Uh, in the back working on my problem. On the <laughs> well, I probably told the story before in one of the other podcasts. Uh, I, I have a sense. I have a sense. I know it's coming. You, you do. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's see. See if you do. Uh, well, I mean, just to, to, to go along with, uh, like I said before, you might have mentioned it before in the podcast, but. It really starts with when I was really young and our family was living in Hawaii at the time because uh, our father was stationed in, uh, in the Navy at Pearl Harbor. And my father would take us to a place called Pearl City Tavern. And it was a really cool bar that a lot of the, the Navy uh, folks would, would go to. Uh, it's been around for a while at that point, And that was uh, in the early, I guess, 70s. Uh, and... That particular uh, bar, the tavern, had a thing called a monkey bar, which uh, was behind the bartenders, and there was a large glass enclosure. It had small monkeys running around and jumping on branches and stuff. And it was, for me, looking at that at that time, because there was no zoo that, that I remember going to at that young of an age, was it was so fascinating to look at them because they would be staring at us while we'd be eating and jumping around and, you know, those piercing stares and... Um, and their agility, their amazing agility, I think just kind of inspired me in a, in a lot of ways. That was kind of the first thing. Uh, unfortunately, it uh, closed down actually in 1993. And now that location's a Ford dealership, believe it or not. Uh, oh, so, no, no. But, you know, the monkeys are coming. So... I, I was wrong. I'll admit to you, I was wrong. I thought you, I thought you were going to uh, well, talk about... Uh, well, let me continue. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. So... Monkeys, right. Okay, so then around that time, uh, my father and mother took us to a, uh, I would say, drive-in theater. Yes, I think that's what it was. And they took us to see the original Planet of the Apes that was playing. And they told me later on that uh, while the movie was going on, I would always stand up, 
whenever the apes uh, were on scene, and it was scary, I guess, and it was an exhilarating for me as a young kid. And whenever the humans would come on in their dialogue, I would also lay back down. So my, uh, my affinity f- with human-like creatures, like the, the ones in Planet of the Apes, was initiated. And I think it started with the monkey bar, started in, reinforced with Planet of the Apes. So anytime any ape-like creatures come on TV when I was younger, I'd be drawn immediately to those. Uh, I think the coup de grace was when my father then took my older sister and brother to see a monster movie. And in, in, in my mind's eye, I believe it was War of the Gargantuas or Destroy All Monsters, uh, but I, it didn't matter, really. It was a double feature. <laughs> Please don't tell me that. <laughs> was it? <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Okay, well, okay, this is it. I was really upset at my father because he did not take us, take me to the movie like my siblings, and I was thought I'd be too scared. And that really stuck out in my mind at that point, and I think that solidified me wanting to see everything and anything monster-related from then on. So that's kind of where I started my uh, my inspiration was from Monkeys. How about you? So you, you were scarred for life for not seeing that movie, huh? Those movies. I, yes, I was scarred, and that, uh, that was the impetus. That was the, that well, was the catalyst. Well, that's really, that's really interesting, because I... I, I I'm scarred for life because I saw them. They were horrifying. I mean, as such a young no, I'll tell you, they they were great movies. Uh, it inspired they inspired me as well. And as one of fact, my my main inspiration uh, is kaiju's of all shapes and sizes. I, I'm a I'm a real fan of Gamera, uh, and they had remade the Gamera in, in in at top quality production level back in 2016 in Japan, but they never released it for some reason, and I was so disappointed. Because Gamera was, was one of my childhood favorites, but any kaiju of of any make and, and shape it w- was part of my book and inspires me to this day. Uh, Is that because of those monster movies? I think so. I just Sean, I don't. Maybe it wasn't so much the monsters; it was just the scale of the monsters and the and the the destruction of the cities. I mean, what really fascinated me was when Godzilla would walk through and crash through buildings and I'd watch the buildings crumbling and I'd, I'd see the smoke and the sparks and the fire. And I said, you know, how do they, how are they making, how are they destroying that city? Giants. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it was fascinating to me. And of course, you know, it's all miniature work, but you know, some of the miniature work that they did back then was just very clever, very creative. I mean, they they didn't have a lot to work with. Yeah. And that's, and we, we covered some of this in our last podcast on, on practical and digital effects. Uh, you know, they didn't have anything like CG to work with. So you had to really be creative and come up with some, some, some interesting, uh, solutions for, for, to, to make it look right and to make it come off as, as at scale that you're trying to present it at. Absolutely. Yes. And the, uh, my parents, uh, to continue that story, uh, this is going to continue to go just a little bit longer. So my parents, unfortunately, again, at the time, uh, it ended up being fortunate. But my parents ended up getting a divorce and moved uh, to San Diego. So we grew up without a mom in the house. So we were the bachelors, Bill and I. And we get a little crazy at times. And we were actually labeled the, uh, or if not officially, unofficially <laughs> labeled the hooligans of our neighborhood. So my father tried to keep us busy with chores because he was still in the Navy and he was going there every day. Uh, so during the, that time, uh, we, Bill and I had a lot of free time. So we started drawing all the time. And we'd look through the TV guide every week and we'd mark off every monster movie. Remember this? That was playing yeah. on our, our, our limited 8 to 10 channel TV. And we'd watch them on. And it was a small, I believe it was a small either 12 or 13 inch color Sony Triniton. Triniton. Trinitron TV. We'd also build um, 
do you remember Bill? And I don't want to steal your your things, but I'm just going to go into this. Do you remember the Revell and uh, Aurora model kits of creatures like Absol- creature of Black Lagoon? Yeah, Dagoon? definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you know, Sean, that was that's I was you're okay. You go, go, yeah, he, you go. That 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 was one of my all time inspirational creatures. You know, it just. It looks so real, and they did such a good job of portraying him. I mean, when they dug up his skeletal arm, you know, mm, in the, in the Amazon, and it, it, it was high quality. I mean, I, I would say that movie rivals anything today. Oh, for sure, for sure. It, 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 I, I still don't know how they got that suit working where he could swim underwater as, as deep as he did. Well, you know, I heard a rumor that that was uh, James Arnaz in that uh, creature suit because he was he was the tallest, uh, broadest guy in Hollywood at the time. Really? And yeah, they 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 borrowed him from Gunsmoke to play the creature. Well, I knew he was actually in the original Thing, wasn't he? James James Arnaz, the original Thing. You know, I believe Hmm. he was. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know he was actually in in the creature from Black Lagoon as well. That's that's crazy. But we, you know, and that but, that kind of led to comic books inspiring for me. I mean, that kind of directly moved into comic books. I, I discovered comic books as a as an early teen, young, not even a teenager. Um, and so, yeah, we were collecting. Com- I collected comic books. Uh, we collected, uh, oh gosh, anything with a superhero on it. We were making superhero, drawing superhero posters, and we had kids all over the neighborhood, you know, competing with who had the be- who could have the best superhero poster, and it was quite an intense competition, if I recall. Yes, it was. And in addition to those models that we would we would build, we, uh, you know, snap together and of Dracula, the Hunchback, Notre Dame, the Mummy, the Wolfman, all the old black and white movies we used to watch. We were uh, also went to uh, Bremerton, Washington one one uh, I don't know winter to stay with some cousins, and and then I was introduced to uh, stories about Bigfoot and Sasquatch sightings at that time, which made another impact on me because I was so young. Well, what? There's an actual possibly there's an actual creature running around that people have sighted and they're big and hairy and that that always creeped me out and then you know seeing uh <laughs> the legend of boggy creek that's that movie back then it was like uh i would i would categorize that one as what um where they had a, a shaky cam footage uh it, you know looked it looked really you know cheesy kind of uh, uh handheld. handheld you know yeah you know, so it, that's kind of a, a thing that kind of stuck with me. And then, of course, uh, our, like you said, comic books, I, superhero Slurpees actually at that time came out too. Slurpee cups and, and from 7-Eleven. They had DC comic heroes on them. And we really loved those. And we'd collect those and thought that was really cool. And gosh, every single one was, is, you know, as kids, we always have those those fantasies about being superheroes and Every single one that would come out, we'd want to we'd want to collect, and you'd have ones I'd want them. Uh, but not to belabor that, we, we, let me let me show you a couple of pictures real quick of those uh, okay. to give you an idea. Of some of the ones that we were looking at at the time, really, really kind of cool. This, this is one of the original uh, DC, and this Metamorpho was one of the ones I really, really loved as a kid. And then, of course, we moved on to which we really enjoy were Marvel. Marvel just had the best Marvel the best rules, characters. Yeah. So much better, <laughs> so much. Yeah, cooler. we had all those cups, and it was kind of a fun thing to do because we we would. I mean, not only would collect them, but we trade them with. And it was very fierce competition among the kids on our street uh, who had the most complete collection of these things. Yes, I did like Shang Shu, Master of Kung Fu. That was one of my favorites, and it mattered. I, I just heard recently that uh, that movie was actually pretty good, so I'm going to go check that out as well. So here's a couple more cups, some close-ups of 
Mr. Fantastic the Thing. Behind it, they actually had uh, little sayings too from each one of these characters, which I thought was really really cool. So that's that was that was really really awesome, and those are inspirational, you know, as as young kids. And so there you I, go. I think comics really inspired me to pursue an art career generally. Uh, you know, I I initially st- started out thinking I was going to be you know wanting to be an artist, and so I you know looked around and there weren't too many great jobs that uh, paid very well that, that were art based. Uh, with the exception of maybe commercial art. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be a commercial art, artist. And because I was always drawing and it would be reputable and, you know, it's just, it would pay, it'd pay something. So, you know, I was invited to interview a, a commercial artist who uh, worked at the city's newspaper here in San Diego. And, you know, before I met him, I thought I was thinking he'd be this clean shaven guy, you know, neat and, and clean, wearing a button down collared shirt. And I thought his office would be clean and bright and professional looking, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, after I met him, he, he was really nice. He was really nice enough and he was gracious and he was knowledgeable, but he was wearing a wrinkled, dirty t-shirt with a happy face printed on it. And his workspace was an, it was just a disaster, Sean. It was piled, piled with open reference books and papers and pictures and posters and all this crap lying around, a bunch of other junk just strewn all over the place in his office. It was very disorganized. And, and he had at least uh, three days of five o'clock shadow on his face. He, he, he didn't smell, but <laughs> he, it wasn't my impression of, like, is this what I'm, is this what an artist does? That was not my impression of, of what an artist was, at least a reputable artist. And uh, I, I was a little disenchanted, so I, I decided, you know, maybe that's that's not the, the career for me. So I kind of took a hiatus. I, I didn't stop art, but I stopped thinking of art as a career. Um, yeah. So, you went- you know, you want, the funny thing is, though, that now I'm a, that I'm a professional, and, and my you know my office and my clothes kind of look just like that guy's. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean and, and the funny thing is, over time, it's wonderful. I, I've I've learned that an organized desk is the sign of a sick mind. It's not the other way around. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, don't say that. Um, I'm very organized, and I and I do dress a little bit differently um, than Bill does. Um, but so there are two sides to that, right? So, <laughs> well, when you when you when you dress, yes, of course. Oh, I always I always dress very nicely. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, there's also uh, our TV, you know, shows we mentioned before: Kolchak, The Night Stalker. We really watched that a lot. Of course, Six Million Dollar Man, and we watched all the creature features. And one of my favorites was Rod Serling's The Night Gallery. That was a really inspire, inspiring show to me. Uh, just the, the terror of, of those artists' uh, paintings were, were, you know, terribly inspiring, I guess you could say. It was it, uh, horribly wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. It just, I, could, I couldn't get enough of that. Uh, of course, Star- gruesomely beautiful. Gruesomely beautiful. That's good. Oh, uh, Star Trek, of course. The White Gorilla, right? With the horn called oh, yeah. Legato. <laughs> yeah, was that oh, Joe? Joe, what's his face? Joe, oh, I forget it. What are you uh, saying? Mighty Joe Mighty Young. Joe, no, Mighty no, Joe no, Young. No, it was totally different. It had the pink face. Oh, you're talking about the, the Mugato. Uh, the, it was the, the Mugato. The, the, the creature in yeah. Star Trek. Yes, yes. the thought Attacked, on that planet. It bit him on the shoulder. And of course, the Gorn. And, and, Miramonte. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Gorn? That, that of course, was amazing. Yeah, that that's I'm I'm kind of throwing those two together. Right, and then of course the MM the M one thirteen salt creature, the succubus. Remember that? That was yep. terrifying. Yep. But see, it didn't terrify me because I was so I was consuming it so much. I really really thought that was great. And of course the just a couple more movies from back then: the Omega Man, 
which eventually was made into uh, I Am Legend, Will Smith, same, same story. Of course, insightful, inspiring. Uh, st- you know, science fiction's always been that way for me from the very beginning. I think it kind of melded into the same thing with the $6 million man kind of kicking that off. But Star Wars, that, that made a huge in- inspiring impact on me. Um, of course, the Halloween movies and then Alien in 1979. I think that pretty much shot me over the moon. Um, Alien was just so amazing to yeah, me. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Graphically, yeah, I just, say- just, I don't know, the adrenaline, the dopamine rush just watching that movie was, was so amazing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, inspired me, I, or it does inspire me anyway, as a, as today, uh, as a CG professional, um, is any type of visual effects. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by great animation, uh, the, visual effects animation anyway. Oh, um, not mine, huh? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, it doesn't inspire me as much, and and that and that's kind of what, what's cool that that we're different that way. And and there, and I think, Sean, what what is you know visual effects? It's it's the magic of the universe, blah, especially blah. today. I mean, what what can't you create? What vision can't you imagine and 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 bring to bring to film? It is uh, nice. I like it. So yeah. So I mean, so that's why I'm, I think I'm inspired every time I see CG uh, heavy movie trailers or commercials or, or even demo reels from, uh, say, production companies or, or film studios like uh, say the Mill or MPC or Weta. Weta has some. Oh God. Or Weta. Uh, or Weta too, yes. <laughs> and of course, Blur and ILM make some fantastic cinematics. I mean, all, they always come out with these great, great, great uh, and movie, trailers moving and cut picture scenes. company. So, so. I mean, there's so many visual effects houses. I, I agree with you. The, uh, VFX is uh, one of the most exciting things, but that's so entwined with animation too. So, oh yeah, uh, it's, it's a type of animation for sure. Absolutely. But Absolutely. we've also talked about video games as far as the animation in those, and those are getting so amazingly real and so beautiful in, the, in, in their own right. We went over Absolutely. that the last podcast about how you know Adam and some of the other movies being made with Unreal and Unity um, just uh, blow, blows you away. The things that we used to imagine in our heads uh, as little kids going... I, because of the, you know, you're really hard, hard trying to, you're suspending your disbelief while you're watching it with these people in their costumes, you know, <laughs> so now it's so much easier when the visuals are so real. Well, yeah, and I, I think just realistic anyway. I mean, I was inspired by God of War when it first came out just because of the huge scale of it. Just the, the mat, and I was a mythology uh freak when I was younger. I used to read a lot of that. And so it was very exciting to kind of go in and kind of replay some of these stories through Kratos's eyes. Um, Bioforge was a big game that I, I used to like to play. Uh, Halo, I, I've always thought the artwork in Halo was inspirational. Uh, and of course, gosh, Call of Duty. How inspirational can it get, Call of Duty? Yes. See, my, some of my inspirational video games were the original um, Wing Commander, Stellar 7, Red Baron, uh, Chuck Yeager's Air Combat, some of those. Uh, since, since we've been in the business for so long, Bill, we're, we've seen it grow from this cheesy-looking, pixelated, well, I, yeah, just say it, beginning. P- pixelated today has a different meaning than back then. Pixelated today, to me, uh, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier, actually, to make stylized things. that Pixelated look really, really nice and move really, really nice. But back then, you know, playing the raster images uh, as frames. In fact, when I first got in the business, 
I, I wasn't even in, I was a, a major at, at San Diego State and a finance major, but it always had a hobby of drawing. Just like I was saying earlier with Bill, we'd always drawn. And actually, I was a really good artist. And people had told me over and over I should go into it. But there's no money in that. Going back then, there's, you're going to go and do uh, art. You're going to be a starving artist, right? That's, that's exactly right. Well, my, my wife, call credit to her, she talked to a customer that came in. She's working at a cell phone company. I might have told this story as well. But he was buying all these phones. And uh, a younger guy. And she asked, kind of struck a conversation with him. And he says, oh, yeah, I got this video game company in Carlsbad, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and she says, oh, yeah, my, my, my husband, uh, I'm a computer widow because my husband's always in the computer playing these video games. And so, oh, yeah, here, here's my card. Um, so that card she told me, she gave to me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what? This is incredible. Okay, this is what I want to do. I wanna, I've always wanted to do this. Thank you. And so I, I called him. No answer. Call him again, no answer. Call him again, no answer. I left him probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 phone call messages. And I called him not, not every day, but about every other day over a whole month and, or, or longer. And finally, he returned my phone call and to get rid of me. To, to stop bugging me, kid. And so I interviewed and he accepted me and I became a Sprite artist. And so what that was at the time, since there was no 3D game really, there was no 3D games playing on consoles, and they just started on the PC. Mm -hmm. the, the first one that I really, you know, that was Alone in the Dark, the video game I mentioned. And it was, it's actually the first, one of the first two games to use political char polygonal characters over a pre-rendered background. Um, so, it, and it also won the Guinness Book World Record as the first ever 3D survival horror, horror game. And then, of course, the release of Quake in 1996, which uh, that's regarded as the first true 3D uh, first-person shooter game. And that was, uh, I think they could, it, Quake at that time could only render 200 polygons, which was, and anyway. So the sprite artist I was, I'm, I'm not going to go too much longer, but real quick, sprite art at that time was pixel by pixel. They had, at the time, it was Park Place Productions in Carlsbad. They had a huge green screen studio, and they would film actors with a normal video camera against that screen doing all sorts of things, football players and outfits and, uh, you know, football, you know, basketball and fighting and everything else. And they would capture that in the, in the computer with a capturing program frame by frame. And then they would use a, a program called Debabilizer, which is only on the Mac. And they would take each one of those and make them into individual frames, which we would use deluxe animator to cut out all the green and then add in the faces, missing hands and feet, you know, that would go behind occluded, and so we'd fix all those things. And then the, the programmers would use those images after we save them as little animations of like a fight or a punch, kick, whatever. Uh, they would play that over in the game as animations. And real quick as an example of that, and you know, I'll just bring you guys to this. You'll, you'll know what this is, of course. This is exactly similar stuff that I was doing there at the time with a lot of sports games. And Park Place was actually known as one of the original original uh, companies that was working on uh, Madden at the time, uh, the original Madden. And um, unfortunately, they went under, and then that became Sony ImageSoft, blah, blah, blah. I won't go into any details from there. But anyway, that was my first start in the industry. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say how, how far this game, or at least this type of game, uh, has come. I mean, uh, Mortal Kombat. I mean, look at the graphics on that now. Just stunning. I, 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 I'd say it's, a, it's, it's inspirational, but it's so gross. Uh, 
Yeah, it's not my my know. cup of tea, but I know yeah, there's people yeah. out there that that like gratuitous uh, violence. Um, <laughs> so well, you know, we're gonna have a podcast on that coming up. Uh, why 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 we think movies are getting so violent today? Um, Ooh, but uh, that's coming that. up. Look, look look forward to that. Uh, so, do you have any people uh, or anything else? You know, what what else inspires you? That we, artists, uh, artists, definitely concept artists. Over time, for me, uh, I would say one of my favorites was. Um, Probably Frank Frazetta. Uh, he was one of my favorite concept artists. Uh, artists in general. Sid Mead. H.R. Uh, I've, I've got a couple images from Frank. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, mean to steal your thunder, bro. Oh, no, no, no. That's all right. Let me show. Let me go ahead and show those if you don't mind. I don't. Um, all right. So here's here we go. Here's uh, and he you know he was very famous for for these goth real goth old, old mystical Conan. Uh, type type of stuff. But yeah, the, uh, fantasy. There's Conan. There's Conan right there. Beautiful, yeah, a lot, really fantastic. I mean, girls hanging at, at, at the, their feet. These were used for a lot of album covers, if I remember mm-hmm. uh, correctly. Yeah, there's another nice one, and there's so many, and they're very. Some of them are nice, just feature very beautiful women uh, with with creatures. This one's particular called Beauty and the Beast, um, and, and that was that was more or less his style. And I, I I found it to be very inspirational. And he's got pages and pages and pages of art artwork that just. You know, if you if you're lacking inspiration, go check out Frank Franzetti, the website. Yeah, I agree. And there's there's so many contemporary artists too. He's un- unfortunately passed away. H.R. Uh, Giger as well. He passed away. But you know, all oh, the I've eight- got some images from him too. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> stealing it. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. There you go. There you go. No, talk. Go ahead and, and just go ahead as you. Uh, well, so this is this is a. I'm, I've just got a couple here, but this shows his style, and he combined bio uh, biology or, or or with with. Machines, biotech, and and this is and he I mean, these are the first I guess uh, you know uh, crossbreeds of between the humans and, and machines. Uh, tran- trans, what do they call them? Um, what do they call know. half humans, uh, hybrids. About anyway, but that's cyborgs. Here's another, cy- no, well, not cyborg. What am I trying to say? <laughs> Maybe that is what I'm trying to say. Cause, uh, I mean, here, yeah, here's a pretty good illustration of that. Here's one of his more spe- more beautiful ones. Yeah, yeah. And that inspiration for for Alien. Uh, the movie Alien, which which was so original, visually original to me, made such a huge impact on me, more than I think even Star Wars at the time. So, of course, there's uh, Ralph uh, McQuarrie, uh, Doug Chang. There's just too many artists out there yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're, we have another podcast coming up, which just talks about some of these pioneers of CGI or, and, and pioneers of traditional art coming up, so... You know, what about got a lot of stuff ahead. what about music, Bill? What about any, any music in there that's inspired you to do the art you you do? I'd say that that music, you know, Sean, just there's so many different. I, I like so many different music styles. Uh, I think that just um, watching someone who who who's really good at what they do, uh, you know, musicians that are at the top of their game. I like the, I like to watch live performances because it's, you really feel the energy, the passion, and the emotion coming out of the performer, and that that's what I find inspiring is is the emotional performance of the uh, of the of the performer and, and how it how it expressed through music. Um, you know, no, I, there's so many different types of, there's not one type that, that gets my goat. I just love seeing people who are really good at what they're doing, especially musicians. And it could be other things like hand craftsmen, people who are really gr- beautiful, you know, sculptors, artisans, I mean, things like that. Artisans. Yeah. Exactly. That those, that's, it's, it's, I find that so inspirational. Some of the old classic works are, you know, people poo poo going to the museum and stuff like that. But you know, that's when, that's when artwork was, 
meant to be beautiful, you know, and that's 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 what inspires me is beautiful the beauty in it, you know, the, the yes. heart and the emotion of the person doing it and the, the discipline and the commitment that it takes to, to get to that level. Here's a recommendation. Uh, I, you know, if if you if you do any artwork and you listen to music, because there's a lot of animators, traditional animators will say, do not do this because it kills your creativity. I I don't agree. But then again, I'm not, there's, there's creative animators and there's more technical animators. I'm more technically animated, uh, inclined. So many times I'll, I'll listen to ambient groove, uh, tracks that have no dialogue or no, no, no singing. Almost, you know, one of my artist friends uh, that was listening to music with me at the time and, and sharing an office with me would call it, um, weather channel music. But I really enjoy, <laughs> you know, down tempo Groups like uh, Boards of Canada, Tycho, Darshan Ambient, uh, Tom Middleton, Northscape. So those are kind of the, 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 the artists that I love to listen to while I'm in my zone, while I'm doing my animation. And it is, it is a lot of technical stuff because you're cutting up, making loops, things like that and for video games. And sometimes it just, you lose yourself in doing that because it's, it's repetitive. There's a lot of repeating uh, you know, tasks you're doing. So yeah. that really, really helps me. And I kind of just zone out with my headphones on. Well, we're winding it down to, towards the end of the podcast. Do you have any final final thoughts or? Gosh, uh, I you know I was going to ask you about why you chose to do VFX instead of anything else like modeling or texturing or rigging. So maybe we'll keep that for next time, unless you want to answer that question. <laughs> well, I, I I would hearken back to, to to basically what I said before was uh, it, it's it's it's. Be- because it's the magic of the universe, Sean. You, you're <laughs> you're, you're God. You're God when you're in, in command of VFX. I mean, you can make anything happen. You can destroy continents and, and planets and universes. I mean, for goodness sakes. Right. Uh, you can decimate armies. I mean, my goodness. It's just such so powerful. So you're the next level. See, I, I was going to say, why did I not stick with 3D modeling, texturing, and rigging was because uh, as a kid, what's the first thing you do? You take a, a stick human figure creature doll toy car and imagine it moving right that's what you do so they you know kids run an entire fantasy world in their head crashing yeah and so you get that (laughs) adrenaline you're sitting there looking out and they're playing with it you're going oh man they've got this whole story going through and everything's going on but everything's animated yeah and and when they set up their toys and their hot wheels tracks and they zoom the cars down they're 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 doing simulations that's right you look at a painting or a statue the first thing you do you look anyone look deeply at it you'll start to make it move in your mind you will. You know, I'm, I'm a believer in the idea that inspiration can be found really anywhere you choose to look for it. It's, right. it's all about having really an open mind and, and actually letting, you know, sometimes inspiration find you. Um, I know one of the reasons we started the CG Bros YouTube channel in the first place, in addition to just to having a platform for new media artists, uh, was to be a hub that any new media creator could come to, as well as you know, the general public, to, to be inspired by great works of, of CGI. Um, Absolutely. I agree 100%. And real quick, remember, we do give out performance awards uh, for different milestones of views. We uh, actually send out a unique certificate, one when when a film or video hits 10,000 views, 100,000, 1 million, and 10 million. So make sure that you send uh, any email you receive to your other team members if you worked on it as, as a team member. Uh, because we only send these uh, emails out to the person that actually submitted the film to our channel. So I just want to remind people of that. Good point. Good point. 
So I, I guess I would leave it with, with what inspires you to be creative. Uh, what is it that makes you want to get up in the morning and create something new and great? If, if, if you wouldn't mind, just leave us a comment and tell us what inspires you. Oh, that would be um, great. I'd love to hear that from everyone. So uh, let's, uh, let's get to the mailbag here, Shawnee. Okay, well, uh, podcast uh, that we talked about practical versus digital VFX. We got a reaction slash comment. This is from uh, Jpof Gwened. He says, uh, I believe it's a he, I don't know, I'm just going to say, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was maybe one by the asylum for a while back. And there was a lab where some terribly rendered dinosaurs broke out. He says it's corny, but fast paced. Uh, Sure, the FX CGI are awful, but... Somehow, there was heart and imagination there, which kept me watching. In one of the scenes, a hero and his daughter are chased up to the roof by a couple of raptors. They run across a burning building. The hero jumps into a waiting helicopter. She hesitates, and the raptor darts across the roof, gets a mouthful of her shirt as she jumps, and she misses the helicopter and is caught in midair by uh, a pterodan or pterodactyl thing who flies off with her. I had to rewind and watch it several times because for me, while the budget hadn't been there for the photorealism, there was enough guts, heart, and creativity out in that sequence together to make up for the overall not terribly good look of things. says it blew his mind as much as the best CGI sequences. And your thoughts, comments to the project can overcome almost all limitations? I agree, yes. Well, we do say say story is everything. Right. It sounds like you... Uh, J-Poff, you suspended your disbelief and enjoyed the movie and were blown away by it. As, so the answer is yes. It's, it's like wine to me. Some expensive wine tastes terrible and some is cheap. So it's, it's really your personal taste. Yeah, and it's a style issue as well. You know? and, and sometimes, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, stick, stick animations or line, line, hand line drawings animations are, can be just as powerful as, as the best CGI. So I, I, I agree with, with the J-Poff there. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so we received this comment uh, on our podcast. What is rotoscoping and how is it used? Jayanath, Jayanth, Mahidev. Okay. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your, your name properly, Jayanth. Um, but uh, Jayanth commented on, on our podcast and said, boring with a sad Ouch. Frowning face. <laughs> we're sorry you didn't enjoy our podcast, uh, Janath, but uh, we're we're working to make them better and better each time. And you know, we, we understand everybody everybody has an opinion. Yes, and we appreciate your opinion. Uh, good, bad, Absolutely. ugly doesn't matter. Here's another one. Uh, it's based on the same uh, podcast. Uh, LTB says, "I'm learning so much from your videos. Thank you." Oh, well, there you go. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, it's all good. Well, thanks again for being with us for the podcast today. And thanks again, Tristan, for submitting your question, What Inspires the CG Bros? We really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that you gained some personal insights into both us and why we're doing what we're doing. We talked a little bit about our philosophy and on inspiration and let you know some of our inspirational uh, cornerstones and, and what, they, what they've been, uh, both in gaming and movies, uh, as well as uh, other aspects. And we enjoyed talking, taking this little side trip, by the way. Because uh, normally we're talking about more technical issues. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it, too, uh, and found it interesting in some way. And if you did, please take a minute to share it with you, a, free, a few of your friends, all of your friends, actually. We do a brand new episode of the CG Insider podcast every single week. And we talk about different subjects related to the business, the art, and the craft of CGI animation and digital VFX. Oh, as well as other interesting subjects related to CGI. 
but not necessarily. Uh, do you have a question or subject you'd like the CG Bros to cover in one of our future podcasts? If you're watching us on YouTube, simply leave us a comment below. And if you're listening to the audio-only version, head on over to our website at thecgbros.com and ask your question there like Tristan. We're really looking forward to seeing you here back here next week for it's another podcast where we'll be answering another listener's question. Can anyone be an artist? Can anyone be an artist? I don't know. That should be an insightful one. Well, we'll see you next time. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what inspires the CG Bros? Thanks for being with us. If you're watching us on YouTube, please give us a like, leave a comment, and share the video with your friends on social media. If you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they can listen to the audio-only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, can anyone be an artist? This has been episode 2139 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.